2: Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson, along with David Ross. Mark Mahady and George Allman have the day off today. Hoping they're enjoying their last day of daylight savings time.
3: <laughs> what did you call it? What? You said, what, we're going to go back from... The days of oh, warmth and wonder. To, <laughs>
2: right. Warmth and happiness to misery and despair. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Enjoy
3: the last day of warmth and happiness.
2: Good exactly, morning. exactly. Uh, see
3: Did you enjoy your weather this last week? You, you haven't said well, good morning to me
2: yet. Oh, good morning, David. Thank you. I know
3: with them not here, it, it throws, throws everything it off. It throws the pace ah, off, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, it was kind of disappointing. I mean, it, it was, it, it was, it, the cool weather was nice. The, what little rain we got was nice, but I didn't realize how little rain we actually got until, um, I was home on what's today today. So Saturday it was, uh, Friday. No, no, it wasn't yesterday. It was the day before it was Thursday, I guess. Um,
3: Wednesday, Wednesday was the day of the rain.
2: Yeah. Um, or maybe it was Wednesday that we did it, but my, my neighbor, I've, I've got Wedelia ground cover all over the front yard, which is a fantastic That's ground a little cover. little
3: tropical dark green leaves, yellow flowers. Dark green leaves,
2: yellow flowers, trailing, grows like a weed, is drought tolerant, um, takes heat really well. Anyway, we uh, Southland growers used to grow it, and they don't grow it anymore, apparently. So my neighbor really wanted some, and we weren't able to get it, so I... Went and dug some up out of my yard to take over to him, and it was after the the rain. After the rain, and my yard was dry as a bone. I mean, it got there was there was no moisture in the soil at all from the rain, so we didn't get. And it rained pretty. It, I well, I thought it rained pretty good at the nursery on Wednesday, I guess it was, but apparently it didn't rain that good was five that, miles away in at my house was not so. that much and no.
3: but it came down hard i, I woke up and had some a, a brief downpour with hail which was nice but it wasn't that much my go-to how i tell is i go kick over the top of a gopher hole a gopher go, mound, go mound and see how little actual moist soil there is however
2: that would be a pretty good gauge because the soil's loose and should it should absorb pretty quickly into yeah. it
3: you get it quarter of an inch of, of dark soil. But we're, we're expecting real rain this week.
2: This week? What what day this week is well, it? Well,
3: they're saying Monday through Wednesday, although San Diego, it may be late Monday into Tuesday before it gets here. But they're suggesting maybe an inch of rain for the coastal areas. Really? Yes. That's a lot. And a, another cold storm coming down from the Gulf of Alaska.
2: Oh. Well.
3: So I'm enjoying the cold weather. And...
2: Yeah, the, was, the the cold weather hasn't the cold hasn't bothered me at all.
3: And it's been nice to have a little bit of moisture even though it's not significant, but normally this time of the year we're worrying about Santa Anas and power safety, public safety, power shutoffs and all. It's nice to not
2: not to, even have uh, not that have to in deal the conversation. with it. Yeah, it, that, is, that is true. Uh let's see. Today's the 5th of November already, and we have classes in both stores. <clears throat> In San Diego, it's going to be Fall Color with Ryan. And in Poway, it's going to be Culinary Herbs with uh, Farmer Roy from Poway Gardens. No longer Cadence at Poway Gardens. It is just Poway Gardens. Yes. So, and as a matter of fact, I think Roy is going to be giving us a call later in the show uh, to talk about some of the stuff that's been going on recently. Um, Next weekend is... November twelfth, and in San Diego, it's going to be planting potatoes with Kathleen, and in Poway, it's going to be permaculture basics with Stephen Atkinson. San Diego classes start at nine o'clock. Poway starts at nine thirty. And um,
3: we did get in the full contingent of potatoes, and they look good.
2: Yeah, actually, if you want to go shopping for potatoes, we're we've got a really good selection to choose from right now because they're they're the size of the, the size of the potatoes you get in stores. Some, uh, of them. Some, some of them. some of the varieties. Yeah,
3: I was thinking about buying one of those Yukon Golds for dinner last night. But I, <laughs> it,
2: it passed. Yeah, they were they were they were pretty good size. There's not too much going on in Balboa Park with the um, Balboa the San Diego Botanical Garden Foundation right now. Um, there's not much goes on for the month of November. I, I think we're starting to get into the holiday season. Uh, although I do think. Um, I thought I saw that um December ninth is coming back. I think it's the first weekend. In- I was told it was. Yeah. We
3: we were letting them know what trees we had available for the what is it, the In Casa del Prado room one oh one. Yeah. But what is the the group the that the trees San Diego are for Four. The Floral Association. Floral Thank Association. You.
2: Yeah. and yeah, I think it's the I think it's the second, third and fourth.
3: I hadn't here. Thought about this for a while, but since you're talking about Balboa Park, have you heard any more scuttlebutt about the Botanical Building or there was a lot of political stuff.
2: I have of not what was going to happen months ago. I have ago? not like, heard anything recently. I I know they I know they've torn it apart. It's um probably a good
3: thing that you haven't heard anything.
2: But I have not heard any haven't heard any new news on it. So Let's hope that uh, that the right decision will be made on in, yes. in, in, in terms of those.
3: I did put up a, a fence around my persimmon tree.
2: Oh. To and keep that the...
3: has prevented the coyotes. But <laughs> you know what it hasn't prevented? I'm noticing carve outs now. The the rats must Oh, be the rats are going Yeah, they're they're hollowed out, which I wasn't having before, so the coyotes must have been keeping the, the rats, rats away. But now, if it's not one thing, it's another, Mister an- Anderson. Yes,
2: yes, indeed. We speaking of persimmons. Um, one of our growers brought in beautiful uh, ones. Some beautiful persimmons. Um, the hachias were some of the nicest looking persimmons I've ever seen.
3: And few things say fall like a perfect hachia persimmon.
2: Oh, it was them. they. They were perfect. There was no blemishes on them at all. they were beautiful color. the The fuyus were. They were delicious. No, I, but, I, well, I didn't I didn't have one. But they weren't as pretty. It doesn't mean I don't like them. I, I just did not have one. Do they um, taste like dirt, Ken? N- I don't know. I didn't taste one this time. Um, but it's funny when you look at the – when I think of Fuyu persimmon, I think of the giant Fuyus. Yes. Which look exactly like the Fuyus that we have there, or that were brought into us except they're 20 times bigger. Well, I think twenty might be a slight exaggeration. Uh, I don't know. They, they'll get what, about six. Inches oh, come across. on now! I've seen them about that big, beef about six inches across okay. before. You haven't? Well, then you're growing. Well, let's. Them. Maybe, well, maybe you're growing them wrong.
3: Six inches, twenty. To- I don't have a giant. Fuyu. Well, I do uh, now. I we got in those sleeved persimmons last month. Yeah. One of the ones, the varieties we got was giant Fuyu, so I got one.
2: Oh, me. did you plant it yet?
3: I'm sorry. What? <laughs> No, but it is still alive. It's I watered, still alive. I watered it yesterday afternoon. Well, that's
2: good. Um, you know, you get it big enough, you can make uh, golf clubs out of them. My fr- that was the that was what they used to. That was the wood that they oh, used Oh, the to use persimmon for, wood. Yeah, for, I did not know that. Driver for drivers. Yeah, I and for for woods. Yeah, for wood clubs.
3: I had a couple of uh, drivers in training in my backyard, but I recycled them. <laughs> you
2: know, if, if you don't water them at all. <laughs> They don't live. They don't grow?
3: No, they do not grow. And but they now, are so, very low-water plants.
2: But now, see, I think Tom Spellman was the one that said, when you buy a persimmon, bare root, put it in the ground, water it really well, and then don't water it again. Until foliage comes Until out. it starts to yes, leak out. Yes, because okay. you can rot them out that way.
3: But these, are, these have bypassed that. The one I got is in, in its little pot, and it is almost dormant now. So now I can... I was waiting for it to go dormant before I planted it, so I haven't avoided planting it yet because there was a plan in place. So now, going forward, it's just me being lazy and not doing it. But up until now, it was because we were waiting for these cool, cool nights.
2: I see. Uh, and speaking of um, speaking of potted bare root, we have ours coming in on Monday. Monday, Both which stores. is earlier than we. Yeah. <clears throat> Earlier than we expected.
3: Which is fine. I'll be happy to have them. But we're not talking about those yet. We're not? No, those okay. are second quarter hour
2: Oh, those are second quarter? Yes, sir. Okay. No, no, well, no, no. We're-, we're
3: talking about the persimmons because those are harvestable right now. Ken Ostad had a giant Fuyu tree, and the coyotes used to run off with his. He didn't get any this really? last year. And right next to my. Actually, it's an Izu. My Fuyu. I planted them together as one as one tree. And the Fuyu produced no fruit this year. The Izu was covered with fruit. But the, pers- the persimmons, the pomegranates, it's been a really good pomegranate year. Really? Yeah, and I'm guessing the extra heat in the long season.
2: Oh, well, that could do it.
3: We had an extra long, I think an extra long growing season. And they are doing quite well.
2: Well, you know, that... As far as fruit trees are concerned, pomegranates are probably about the most bulletproof thing that you can put in the ground because they, they grow like crazy. They produce very easily. Um, they're, it's almost impossible to kill them. And Tom says
3: not to water them at all. And I disagree with him on that point. I'd water them occasionally, but my neighbor has one that's out in the parkway that gets no water and it does still fruit, but they split early. They're smaller fruit. The, the quality isn't isn't there so an occasional watering we had a customer send us a picture of their pomegranate and all the leaves were turning yellow
2: well that'd be about right yes yeah yes the The
3: established ones in the ground the leaves are starting to turn yellow and drop but it turns out this one's in a five gallon pot it still hasn't even made it into the ground and that's going to it's a younger tree and that's going to accelerate its drive into dormancy so it, it looked totally fine, but they were really concerned because the leaves were all yellow.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like the kind of like the plumerias that are supposedly evergreen, but not necessarily evergreen, and may or may not lose some foliage. Um, there was on the one
3: more leaf on that on that plumeria before you delivered it. Where did it go? I, I that
2: yeah but it's all been taken yeah, yeah. care of. All 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 sorted out now. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you'd like to give us a call today, we would love to talk to you. The number is 888-344-1170. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more right after this.
1: Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 1170 Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahati, and George Allman. And we're back.
2: With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross. Mark Mahaney and George Allman have the day off today. So it's just us. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry about that, everybody.
2: <laughs> um, we were going to talk about potted bear root.
3: Would you like to talk we about can, potted bear root? I think we should. It's pretty ex- exciting. That's, some,
2: some fun stuff coming up. Yes. Interesting stuff.
3: Well, I don't know about interesting, but fun. Cool stuff. It's got... potted bare root time, which, yes, is an oxymoron. And, yes, we have been considered the same. But it comes from the bare root growers. And I just lost the, the list. But it, it includes the pomegranates, the grapes, the cane berries, the blueberries. Figs. Figs. All of those are available Hops. now. And the hops as well. They are the varieties that are we've had more problems with in transplant in the past from true bear root. True bear root, yeah. And we have a a wide variety of of figs, probably a dozen varieties of of figs and the the kiwis will be in and then a, a wide variety of pomegranates as well. We're expecting Ten varieties of pomegranates.
2: I think we got. Don't we have? Isn't there a mulberry that comes in in those?
3: The mulberries are already there. They came in with from the new grower with the, with from the new October growing. with the October bear root. Yeah,
2: I thought that. I thought there was. A, was it the dwarf mulberry that we used to get? Yeah. Oh, in,
3: that's right. And that yeah. will be in this yeah. one. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. And then the a half a dozen variety of varieties of blueberries, the olives, all of the things um, that are more susceptible to failure we have potted and it's a great time to get them in the ground because the roots will get started and get going before next summer and make it less likely that you will underwater them and croak them
2: and because they're in sleeves the hole you have to dig is much smaller too <laughs> which isn't which is right up which, my alley which is a, and which is another great benefit um you know we we planted a couple of i think we planted one of each of the varieties of hops that we get cascade and I can't remember which, what the other variety is of the hops that we get in. Um, but we planted them and they were growing, growing up on growing up on lines next to the, uh, next to the shade house. And they actually, pr- they produced quite a centennial, bit centennial. um, produce some flowers and, uh, went out and, Picked a couple of, during the season, and I was, I was surprised they they're not they're not as fragrant as I thought they would have been from a hop standpoint.
3: Well, oh, I when, wonder if drying them. Did you dry them? No, I didn't dry them. I just so maybe just, drying just, that out the maybe
2: it concentrates the the fragrance in them. I, I don't know. I, I I just remember when I when I was a kid, um, my aunt and uncle lived outside of Olympia, Washington, and so we would go up there, and my grandmother lived in Washington, so we'd go up there very frequently for summer vacation, and one year-
3: And to bring I, old cars back?
2: No, I I, we, I we, never did that. That was, that I, was that post- that, that, was my, that was my dad. Okay. And, um, but one year, my aunt and uncle and my mom and dad took me and my sister, and- my two cousins to the Olympia brewery in Olympia, Washington for a brewery tour. And I remember (laughs) as a kid going through the brewery and just hating the smell of it. Um, but one thing that I, one thing that really sticks in my mind is we were walking, we were walking through the brewery and a guy came through and he had a big rolling like dumpster cart full of hops and as he walked by the smell of the hops was incredible how how strong the fragrance was off of them
3: in a positive way or in a negative well, way what it, is it, your recollection of well, it well
2: i didn't i didn't like the i didn't like the smell of the beer that they were or of the i guess it's the wort that they were that they were brewing but the the hops actually had kind of a kind of a citrusy almost a almost a conifer smell to them as they as they moved by. So that didn't smell so bad, but the the rest of the brewery did not like the smell of it they, at all. They
3: kind of look like little cones, right? Yeah. They uh, look yeah. like little pine cones. Yeah, they do. And I think, not that I watched a lot of TV as a kid, I think that
2: was oleo hmm It's the water ole-ole-o. and a lot more. Oleo-Leo. Yeah. That
3: was, that was their commercial. That was back Yeah. When-
2: yeah. Well. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I don't even know if you can get Olympia beer down here anymore. I know it I know we used to have to, when we would go up to visit my uncle, we used to have to bring Coors with us because they couldn't sell Coors in Washington State because it wasn't pasteurized. So we would always bring a few cases of, of Coors beer with us for uh Is that why uncle. it was? As I recall, that's what the what the reason was.
3: Maybe we could get Bandit, Smokey and the <laughs> Bandit <laughs> take to bring, a truck, to, to take bring
2: a, you some Oli. A, a truckload of contraband up. Yeah. Uh, let's see, what else is going on? I want to go back to fruit
3: trees for a moment. Sure. We were talking about, I was looking at the fig list and talking about the figs and every year, the varieties of, of fig that I enjoy most in my yard changes. And last year it was the black mission. And this year it was back to the tiger fig. But I, I think again, because of the season and because of, I'm blaming it on the two weeks of heat of August, the fruit, ripened and dissipated it was gone much more quickly this year last year i still had tiger figs that were they weren't perfect but they were still ripening at this time of the year there's nothing left on nothing the tree left. interesting and the missions came and went early as did the celestials and i'm guessing it's weather related
2: I would imagine it's so.
3: None, none of my empirical data it's not yeah. like I was going and harvesting seeds and culling the ones for the best fruit yeah. as you and George had envisioned.
2: Well, you know, that's one thing about that's one thing about figs is if you want if you want a fruit tree that's going to produce a lot of fruit figs are figs are a good one to put in. They grow they grow very quickly and they produce like crazy and especially the well the corky's honey delight will produce two crops. And it and that's a that's a lot of fruit. It's a lot of fruit. It's an incredible. You you really gotta like figs if you're gonna I eat really that. Like figs? Yeah. Mm. No. Yeah. They don't do anything for but me.
3: The other thing about figs is they're sequentially fruiting. Most fruit trees they bloom and set fruit and ripen almost all at once. Now some mm-hmm. varieties will hold on the trees longer than others, but figs, as the trees are growing, they are producing new. new wood that has fruit on it so it doesn't all ripen at once you get now our Corky's ripens pretty quickly but some of the other varieties most of the actually all of them including that the fruit comes out over a period of time so it's harvestable over a period of time and it extends the harvest which is i think one of the greatest benefits of some of the varieties is how long will it hold on the tree but some varieties what's the early season there's an early season pluot the first pluot and they ripen and drop if you don't get to them if you don't get to them they're, they're, gone. they're gone and so that's how i prioritize the fruit that i like the longer it can stay on the tree the better i think
2: well that's one thing that's nice about citrus is it'll it'll stay on the tree for, for a, a long time a, for a pretty long time um although the problem the problem that i have with it is when it stays on the tree for a long time the bigger it gets um you have to watch the water, so that you don't split it, especially in containers.
3: Well, um, get them out of containers and into the ground I, where it's easy. Well,
2: but see, the, my the soil in my the soil in my area is not horrible conducive. for is not conducive for growing citrus. Although I do, I have an I have an orange tree and a bear's lime on the side of the house, and I don't know why they're doing well on the side of the house, but they. They seem to like it there, and both have both have a fair amount of fruit on them this this season. Well,
3: it surprised me is how well the fruit has done in the parking lot at the nursery. Oh my God, test garden because I thought no way would that grow there.
2: It grows like crazy. Uh, as I was speaking of citrus, I was talking to uh, Adams, one of our salespeople at the Poway store yesterday, and I think it was last month he went on vacation and went up to Alaska, and he was telling me that in Alaska. People will grow citrus as house plants because obviously you can't grow them outside. In Alaska, why not? You think but, it gets too cold? And well, the, the winter time is going to be a problem. But uh, <laughs> uh, but he said a, he said one gallon citrus in Alaska when they're selling it as a house plant, he said it's about two hundred dollars for a one gallon citrus plant.
3: You know, I think we ought to. I've I've got my next business. <laughs> I'm going to go pick up the little liner test tubes. I can pack a a bunch of them in a small space, get them up to Alaska, and I'll sell them for only $150 each. And some of the ones that we, that was earlier this year, right? It was, was it last year that we did the test tube citrus? That was, it was earlier this year. So the ones that I got, one of the ones that I got was a, an Indio Mandarin quad. And so it's a little Mandarin, it turns orange, but it's, it's like a giant kumquat, hmm. but it has probably a half a dozen fruit on it from that test tube into a one gallon pot this year. Really, and it's still alive. Yes,
2: that'll be int- a mandarin. That'll be interesting to see what that- it's a.
3: It's a pretty tree. It's a pretty fruit. It's a because it has the compact nature. It's a little early for this tree, but. The compact nature and the smaller leaves of the kumquat. Mm-hmm. And then the fruit comes out, the bright, actually it's a deep red orange uh, when it ripens up. We've is, had some larger ones in the nursery
2: before. Is it an elongated fruit like a typical little, kumquat? Or? Little,
3: no, it's more like the miwa. It's, it's actually, it, I would say it looks more like a miniature uh, miniola oletangelo
2: Oh, okay.
3: Because the, the stems to, or the base end sticks out and it's like a little light bulb
2: interesting i can't remember what <clears throat> i can't remember which one it's a it's some type of a some type of mandarin that we have in the grown in the parking lot it's got a ton of fruit set on it right oh now. good i noticed that the other day as i was as i was driving out on my way home it's it's starting to turn orange so it should be ripening up anytime now
3: last year I went out there because it was mostly, not mostly, but there's a significant portion of it was rootstock. Mm-hmm. And it was thorny, but I got rid of all that and I identified it. And I don't remember what it was. But I think you the did. tag was still
2: on it. I, was it honey? I can't remember. Yeah.
3: I hope I hope <laughs> I left the tag, or I hope the tag is still visible on it because I'll we'll have to go check it out.
2: We'll but have was, to... We'll have to take a look.
3: Another piece of citrus doing well in the parking lot. Yeah,
2: there you go. Uh, If you want to give us a call today, 888 344 1170 is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to be back with more right after this. With more garden talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and Mark Mahady, George Alman and Mark, or uh, just you and me today, David. Yes, George, the other two George, people are here. George and Mark are not here. I Whatever their somehow names are. managed to uh, miss that seeing the two empty chairs sitting here. But <laughs> yeah, so it's just, just us today. Uh, well, Since so
3: we were hearing it through the grapevine, I just wanted to let you know, included with the potted bare roots we're getting this week, are 10 varieties of grapevine, of grapes.
2: Which are actually very easy to grow. Very. And uh, relatively drought tolerant once they uh, once they get established, too. Very, yeah. as well. Yeah. Thames, and,
3: pomegranates, grapes, all are super low water.
2: Yeah. So if water use in your yard concerns you, but you still like to have fresh fruit, those are ones that you could uh, definitely consider putting water in.
3: Water does concern me. And I do like fresh fruit, in case you were wondering.
2: Well, there you go. Um, I noticed the other day as I was walking in, we have some really nice, which you can actually use them with kind of a dual purpose. Um, single needle pinion pines from Monrovia, and it's an interesting it's an interesting looking pine tree because as the as the name implies, it produces single needles instead of groups of two or three needles at a time. you could use, If you wanted to use it as a living Christmas tree, I guess you could do that. It's kind of got the shape for it.
3: Do you want to know why I'm yeah. making this face? Yeah. Well, that's funny you would say it and phrase it that way. A few years ago, my little brother wanted a living Christmas tree and but he wanted a, a purposeful one mm-hmm. so i brought him a single needle pinion pinion mm-hmm. pinus monophylla don't you know mm-hmm. and it i was mocked for bringing that tree because it did not it was not as full as a traditional or typical living christmas tree mm-hmm. but it was much more functional which is mm-hmm. what he wanted so it uh didn 't take him long to just start laughing at the tree, and it was very funny and Any time I think about a single <laughs> leaf of the pinion pine, I think about that because it was a little bit of debate. They did decorate it and make it as nice as it could be, but it was not a traditional looking Christmas tree, which I would submit to you It shouldn't have been that that expectation shouldn't have been
2: there no i wouldn't think so, but i wouldn't I, think can,
3: so. I I can remember him. Looking at it and looking at me, and then just breaking into laughter. Um.
2: So a Charlie Brown tree. Yes, yes. Um, but the, one of the side benefits of the single needle pinion is, if you put it in the ground and you let it grow and mature, um, they'll get to be a very a pretty good sized pine tree, and you can harvest the pine nuts off of them after about fifteen years. Yes, yeah. So and. At that point, when you can start harvesting the pine nuts, they will be the most expensive pine nuts that you will have ever purchased. Well,
3: you know, it's funny you should mention that they sell bags of pine nuts at Costco, but aren't they like thirty or forty dollars a a bag? Which after you've waited seven years to or fifteen, 15 or fifteen fifteen
2: years. years, and the initial cost of the tree is not in, is inexpensive. Not inexpensive. Um, you're going to have some expensive pine nuts, so it, it'll be the, some of the most expensive pesto you've ever made. Um, but it is a neat, it is a neat looking, it is a neat looking tree. It's so, a, a so very nice tree.
3: It is the Crocus sativus of the <laughs> pine world. Is that yeah. correct?
2: Yes, yes, it is. Um, and we've got a we've got some other. Um, some other conifers in that we got from Monrovia which that that's one thing that Monrovia does really really well i mean a lot of what they do they do really really well but their their evergreens are their evergreens are are just amazing uh we got we have some really nice 5 gallon uh dwarf hinoki cypress in and that's a that's a really neat plant yes it really, is really really pretty very plant very stately yeah um, and we had the other one that they do a really nice job on is, um, Japanese black pines. We've got some, we've got some nice the Japanese regular black ones pines. or the dwarf ones. Um, both? um, might the be both that is a I really neat pine. They, I
3: love the way it stays compact.
2: Yeah. And they, they lend themselves to training. If you, if you want kind of a Japanese-like look in your yard, they the Japanese black pines lend themselves to traditional training uh, very, very nicely. We had some Austrian black pines in, too. That's another really, really pretty pine tree from Monrovia. The,
3: the Japanese black pine does so well here. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to grow. It doesn't require the more specialized care that some of the other... Pines might, mm-hmm. um, and the Japanese maples and things like that.
2: You know, it used to be. Well, we used to get a. We used to get a lot of them as um, living Christmas trees. Although I don't, I haven't seen them as much lately. They're the uh, Pinus radiata or the Monterey pines, but I remember years ago we used to sell them, but they didn't. They tended to be short lived, and. As I recall, somebody was telling me that it was because of the air quality. They didn't like the, didn't I, like I th- the smog. I think that was part of
3: the problem. And there's a large one in my front yard that hopefully will remain not short-lived because mm-hmm. it probably has a two-foot diameter trunk. Oh, my word. It's going to cost a fortune to get rid of. And um, it's leaning a little bit towards my neighbor's uh, patio cover. Fortunately, the house isn't near that it's a separate it's a lower patio so if it does go over
2: it, not gonna but cause that's it. What insurance it's not going to cause any major damage no
3: that's what insurance is for right
2: yeah well you know it's oh close to thirty years ago that my dad and I went down to New Zealand. we were we were we were flying over one of the islands I can't remember which one it was and you could look you look out and there was a huge pine forests on the island. But when you look closely at it all the pine trees were in lines. So it was all planted. It, it was all planted. It was all farmed lumber and it was all monterey pine. And when you go to the when you go to Home Depot and you're looking at at premium pine lumber, clear pine lumber, that's all monterey pine. And it's beautiful wood. Is it, that
3: because it grows so fast there's fewer knots no, or there's I don't more know. space between them or
2: I don't know what it is um or why why it grows that way but the the lumber that it produces is just beautiful. It, it's absolutely beautiful. It's
3: susceptible to a canker that wipes it out and there was a period of time probably 10 years ago where it was almost gone but there... We're starting to see them again. I don't know if there are varieties that are more resilient.
2: Yeah, you know, there used to be a huge stand of them um, behind Claremont High School. There was a really big stand of them um, along the property line behind Claremont on the west side of Claremont High School. They're all gone. They they've all been removed at, the, at this point in time. I don't remember when. I don't remember when that was that I saw that, but it was it was some time ago. But, um, and
3: there was a huge one in my parents' backyard that they planted in the late fifties, but it finally succumbed just, it had been declining for probably the last five to 10 years, but it came out a couple of years ago. It, it finally gave up. It was canker. Mm-hmm. It was killing it. But when was it? 60. That's 60 years ago. Yeah. It it, yeah. it, it that's served a, its that's purpose. A,
2: that's a, that's a. That's a that's a decent run, it was I would say.
3: Casting the shadow on the what, side of the house in the afternoon, it kept the house cooler in the afternoons. Is, it did a very nice job.
2: Nice. Um, speaking of speaking of pine trees, we have gotten in our um, living Christmas the, trees. The beginning, the beginning of the, the beginning, the, yeah. the beginning of the living Christmas trees.
3: George and I were having a little discussion about
2: that. He thought it was too early.
3: Yes. Halloween is clearly come and gone. And if you wait to get them in, you laugh at Halloween is come and gone? All right.
2: Well, and, the, and, and Christmas is here now.
3: Yeah. If you wait, the, the, the better-looking living trees, when nurseries are shipping, they ship the best-looking stuff first. Mm-hmm. And so if you wait, then we get the next best-looking stuff. And it's better to have the best-looking stuff rather than the next best-looking stuff. Does that make
2: sense? That makes sense. Okay,
3: so we have to get it in. If you don't want to look at it this early, just ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist or pretend that it is not Christmas-related, and then you can wait until after Thanksgiving.
2: Well, that is true. And we did we did start getting in the early poinsettias as well. Yeah,
3: the yellow the ones yellow have ones. a little more apricot to them. They're not bright yellow and they look they're they're a nice fall plant. We were comparing those they had the orange ones as well and I use air quotes for orange ones cuz they didn't look orange at all so we we passed on them cuz they looked pinkish red and not like that real nice orange fall color one with the orange and yellow that we've had in the past. They didn't have those at least not yet. But the yellow ones look look nice. They make a nice fall statement.
2: Yeah. I would say so, it's not just about Christmas anymore,
3: well, when you were looking at those, I'm sure as you were walking past them in the nursery, you were thinking, uh recalling the memories of those lovely fall colors in upstate New York last week, right, or two weeks ago two weeks then? ago, I guess that's it was. exactly yeah. what it reminded you of, didn't it?
2: Uh, I didn't even notice them actually, yeah, but thanks. Uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> thanks for playing yeah, along, Ken, yeah,
2: yeah, if you want to give us a call, they. 888 344 1170 is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. Roy, stay on the line. We're going to talk to you as soon as we come back. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this.
1: Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888 344 1170. That's 888 344 1170. There is more garden talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888 344 1170. Now, here's your hosts Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahadey, and George Allman.
2: And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross. Mark and George have the day off, and we are going to go to the phones, and we are going to talk to Farmer Roy. Good morning, Roy. How are you? Gentlemen, how are you doing? We're doing well. Doing good here. Doing well. What's going on?
4: Uh, Well, a couple things. You're going to have a great speaker today at Powell at 930 on culinary herbs. That's what I heard. Who's that? Yeah. That would be me, Farmer Roy, and um, yeah, it's a good one. It's everybody should grow their own herbs. It's uh, buying them in the store is the biggest ripoff in the world, and you have a beautiful selection there. And um, there's no reason why you can't do it at home.
2: They are actually pretty easy to grow.
4: We we yeah,
3: prefer the they... phrase "not the most prudent course of action" to buy them in the store rather than the biggest ripoff of all time, but. <laughs> Please continue.
4: No, I'm saying, that, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, but going to the grocery store and buying a little three-quarter ounce punnet for four dollars is of,
3: not the most prudent course of action. I'm just trying to help off. you.
4: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can say it. I was the larger, largest herb producer in the nation for three years, and uh, that's where I busted my chops on learning uh, organics. But, but yeah, it's a ripoff. I can say it now. they, they fired me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then also, if you're in the Poway area, please take time to go to Abraxas High School. They are located on uh, Palmerado Road and some weird side street. I think it's Oak Knoll or something like that. You cannot miss it. If you live in Poway, you've driven by it a thousand times and wondered what the heck's going on. It's uh, it. Uh, they took a tennis court and put like 40 raised beds in there. Uh, everything's um, fertilized and irrigated through their aqu- aquaponic setup there, where they're raising tilapia fish. They dug a hole in the ground and pump all the beautiful nutrients from the fish. And uh, it, it's a stunning garden. It's nationally recognized for the best for for uh, for high schools in the nation. So, and uh, so they're going to have one. And they're going to have one. Oh, you should check it out. I'd I'd gladly give you a private tour. And um, they, uh, so they'll be selling plants and uh, they'll be selling. They also have a culinary class. They uh, won a huge grant at one time and and got a lot of equipment, uh, super, uber, restaurant style um, appliances. And so they have a cooking class also that they offer at uh, this transition continuation high school. And so the kids uh, work in the garden. The kids learn how to use all the veggies. And uh, yeah, they'll probably be selling salsa and things like that. And, uh, but, I'm not plugging you to come and spend a lot of money, but come check it out because I'm sure you've driven by and wondering what the heck's going on in there.
3: They've done one heck of a job there. You can see the trees as you drive by, the fruit trees, and what they have done there is is nothing short of amazing. But it is at the corner no, okay. of Glen Oak Road and Pomerado Road go. in Poway. It's a, a block south of the soccer fields and a block south of the fire station on Pomerado road there. And they've done a really neat job there. It's, uh, it'd be well worth stopping by.
4: No, it'll blow your mind. Um, and, uh, yeah, the biology teacher Bob Luttingen runs the whole show there. Um, and on Saturdays they have volunteers, local volunteers from, you know, just anybody that wants to volunteer to help all the food. well, all the food they don't eat. Uh, goes to feed families in need in the area too. So the the, the so go to Abraxas somewhere between nine and noon on Saturday. This Saturday, oh today. Like today today. Can you say today? Yeah today. Yeah today. Nine to noon, and uh, it'll blow your mind. So it's it's stunning.
2: Excellent. So uh, where you work now is no longer Cadence. It is now just Poway Gardens.
4: Just w- this Poway Gardens. I work for Poway. I'm the horticulture director for Poway Gardens. And my do- world doesn't change. <laughs> Go ahead.
2: I was going to say. And what what do you have coming on in the garden right now?
4: Um, the all the broccoli and and uh, cauliflower. We do this time of year. We we the kitchen uh, consumes a lot of broccoli, cauliflower, lettuce. Um, and then in our food bank gardens, they also grow uh, cabbage and a few other things, snow peas, snap peas, that feed families in need in the area. But uh, for me, it's full steam ahead: broccoli, cauliflower.
2: Now, how, what do you use to what do you use to control pests in the broccoli, like aphids and things like that?
4: Well, luckily, there's not much insect pressure on these crops. We use you know the key to organic growing is to get things that produce quickly and get them out quickly. And we'll generally do, you know, if you plant broccoli in September, you'll have broccoli in November. Then you plant cauliflower in November, and your cauliflowers out in February, and bingo, you're you're back into tomatoes and squash and peppers and all those good things. But to answer your question, uh, at planting time, the first um demon that we confront are cutworms, a nocturnal lepidoptera caterpillar that comes out of the ground and they're little lumberjacks and they'll chop off the uh the starter plants. Like you know, they'll go up a couple of inches, just munch it off and then move on to the next. So we apply Sluggo plus for okay. at, at all our plantings, regardless if it's tomatoes or broccoli or lettuce, whatever it is, we apply a Sluggo plus to to maintain, you know, 100% stand in our rows. And then somewhere down the line, aphids are the next big culprit. And if you don't know what an aphid is, you just moved from somewhere else because that's San Diego's number one bug. And um, But the best thing we do is uh, we'll do one fertilization after plantings, about two-thirds of the way through the the life, of that life cycle of that broccoli, and uh, as soon as you start to see little heads forming, then just a a really strong shot of water right in the middle to knock off those bugs, and then uh, that also helps if you're fertilizing to work the fertilizer in the ground. So aphids are a big one, and if you still have consistent problems, then of course insecticidal soaps that you can get at any of your local garden homes and suppliers, and uh, insecticidal soap, it's just super easy it's organic you won't get sick won't kill the plant it's it's very easy but and then occasional cabbage looper is a problem but I've never had pressure with cabbage loopers to the point where I had to spray uh bt which is your your number one weapon to control all lepidopter insects mm-hmm. such as the tomato hornworm and things like that but I've never you know a few holes in the leaves I don't care no, that's i don't eat well you can't eat the leaves we don't eat the leaves but they're not uh, growing uh, them for the their thing. foliage you want the you want the no, crop no i'm not but uh, let me tell you a lot of people are smart and utilize the whole plant of all your brassicas and you can make a uh, vegetable stock you could uh, stir fry your broccoli leaves it's it's all edible and it all tastes like broccoli too so but those are the big ones um yeah that's no. You- you know, I'm telling you, everybody should grow a fall and winter garden because they are the most beautiful gardens. You have more moisture to work with. Uh, your your irrigations last longer. You use a lot less water, and they're stunning. They're very green. If you want to blow away your neighbor, just throw some broccoli, cauliflower, mustard greens. You know anything for the brassica family? Grow some snow peas and they're they're very very stunning. It's uh it's very green. It's and- not like your gardens looked like a month ago when all your tomatoes had like every disease in the book and, <laughs> you, yeah, and yeah it's you get in and out, you get in and out quick and it's beautiful. You know, Swiss chard kale. Oh my god. We got lots of kale and Swiss chard right now and uh all that, you know, kale's like the nutritional powerhouse. Uh, so and you can get beautiful plants at Walter Anderson's in Poway, California. And, and where can they see you today, Roy? You're going to see me at your place at nine thirty, and I will be talking on culinary herbs. Excellent, excellent. And then I'm going to run. And then I'm going to run on over to Braxis and see what's going on there.
2: Sounds like a plan, Roy. Thank you very much for calling in today. We'll look forward to seeing you at nine thirty at the uh, at the Poway store.
4: We appreciate the opportunity to bloviate to the world <laughs> and you do it so well
2: you've been listening to garden talk here on kcbq and kprz we're going to be back with another hour next weekend have a great weekend everybody
1: thanks for joining us on garden talk by walter anderson nursery your source for gardening landscaping and horticulture news still have a question for the garden talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor, send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com, or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery.